Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. We leave here and we head home. And tomorrow we get up, we go about our regular week of work and life. And man, it could be tough, right? We could be accosted on every side. We might be attacked. We might be ridiculed. Certainly, we will be tempted. Certainly, our eyes will be pulled in different directions because it's tough out there. We all know it. It should not be tough in here. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, we do not have a high priest that cannot sympathize with our feelings, but he was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may find grace to help in time of need. Jesus was tempted in all points as we are. There are things, methodologies that tempt us that didn't tempt Jesus because those things were not accessible then, didn't exist. But in the same ways that we are tempted... Jesus was tempted in those very same ways. And as today we've been discussing the idea of stopping the curve of sin, I want to address that concept as it relates to us, the family of God. The passage just read, I almost can imagine Jesus standing there with those disciples. Two and a half to three years, he had taught them, he had shown them, he had worked with them, lived with them, and they said, Lord, are you now going to destroy the kingdom to Israel? Can you just see Jesus going... You mean all this time and that's your question? Do you not get it? You see, that's just the culmination of a whole bunch of times that Jesus was tempted by his disciples. The discussion about going off to college, those of us who went to a Christian school and those who go to college in a public school setting, here is the difference. It's not a difference of sin because there's sin in both places. But if you go to 
public university, for instance, there are things that you expect, right? Oh, I know they're going to be like this, and I know this is going to happen, and I know it's going to happen, and so I'm just going to put up with it. But when I went to Freed Hardeman, we have some Lipscomb people, we have a Lubbock person, we have Harding people. Did it bother you more to see sin among those people than it would have at a state school? It did me. Because you don't expect it. You build up this idea that if I go there, then things are going to be so great. It's so different from the world. I'm not going to see that. Now, you know that you are, but when you do, it seems to be more of a shock to the system than it would be at a publicly run institution because you expect it there. That's why we are going to spend a few minutes noticing how Jesus faced temptation from those that we might least expect for him to have received it from them. And then apply it to us because we know we're going to get it out there. But unfortunately, at times, it's here too. And we want to stop that curve. We don't want to be in this group a source of temptation. We are the family of God. And we are a family with each other. Now that means, Hebrews 10 and verse 24, let us consider one another to stir up love and good works. When I'm around you, when you are around me, when we are together in big or small settings, we ought to see each other being considerate of each other. We should see a stirring up to be loving and to be involved in good works and to be inspired to be the people God wants us to be because Christian family is considerate of each other. And we dare not fail because Scripture is full of the concept of encouraging. Number two, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. God is not forgetting your work and labor of love which you do to all the saints where you, minister, you have ministered and do minister. We are people who should minister to each other. I serve you, you serve me, we serve each other. There should be such a bond 
that causes us to open our lives up to each other. Because that's what a family will do. We're God's family. Number three, a family is loyal to each other. Listen to these words from Paul as he wrote to Timothy. Be diligent to come quickly, starting in verse 9. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica. Crescens for Galatia, and Titus for Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is necessary for this work. Tychicus I sent to Ephesus. Bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come and the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. You also be aware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me. All forsook me. May it not be charged to them. What happened to Paul's family? They were not loyal. We should expect each other to be loyal to the other. As Paul was writing these words, I wonder if tears streamed down his eyes. Because his family was not with him. They left him. And he was alone. May that never be with us. But finally, in Ephesians 5 and verse 21, Paul said, Submitting to one another. To submit means I choose to work with you, I choose to be in this situation, I choose to work beside you. I don't have to have my way all of the time. We decide together what we are going to do. You see, this is what a family is like. But Jesus felt the exact same problems during his ministry that he experienced with those disciples that last day he was with them. And I wonder how often his shoulders drooped. Being around his family, his disciples, his friends, who at times gave him greater temptations 
than he received anywhere else. Let us hear what happened and determine that we are not going to be this way with each other. They tempted him through their faltering faithfulness. Matthew 8, Mark 4, Luke 8. Jesus had sent the disciples on in a boat to cross over to the other side. Later he came and got in the boat with them and a storm arose. Master, do you not care about us? I just showed you all kinds of miracles. And you think I don't care. You were faithful over there just a little while ago. What happened? We've just left a great event. What happened? Their faith was up and down and up and down. It is a sad truth that many shepherds are confronted constantly with faithfulness of some that's up and down and up and down. The great temptation that Jesus faced from his own people is a temptation that we might be facing from each other if we're not careful. Let us show continuing faithfulness, not faltering faithfulness. Jesus said to his disciples on one occasion, the Bible says, and Jesus told them many things that are going to happen. Many things that are happening. I'm going to be killed one day as he headed toward Jerusalem. And Peter said, Lord, this will not happen to you. You see, they were not concentrating on spiritual things. They were only concentrating on physical things. And these physical things caused him a temptation to think, what's wrong? We want to keep you here because we like you. I can understand it. But he needed to die. And maybe if they had been more spiritually minded, maybe, they would not have said, no, no, no. We're not going to let this happen to you. In fact, in the text, it was Jesus who said, Get behind me, Satan, to Peter, who wanted to stop that. When we prioritize physical things over spiritual things, to the neglect of spiritual things, it causes difficulty among our family. 
May that not be. Again, as Jesus prayed in the garden in Matthew 26, three times he asked them to watch with him as he prayed, and three times they fell asleep. Did they really care? Were they really concerned what he was going through, what he was facing? Was that a temptation to be discouraged? Are there times when you and I face that same situation? Nobody cares. It should never be the case that one of us accuses this family of not caring. I'm hurting and nobody cares. I have a problem and nobody wants to help. What kind of a temptation would that be to that individual if nobody cares? Sometimes there is a temptation to lose heart, to give up, to say, I quit. I wonder if Jesus ever faced that concept. Did he ever face a time when he wanted to quit because of how his disciples were acting in his presence? Some people came to him. My child has a demon. I went to your disciples and they couldn't do anything. And Jesus said, This kind doesn't go out except by prayer and fasting. I think he was tempted to lose heart, to be discouraged, because he had trained them to such an extent that they could, in fact, do what needed to be done. But in this text, they didn't do it. And he was tempted to lose heart. Jesus was tempted to play favorites. Sometimes, because of our human situations, we put people in a place where they have to play favorites, choosing these people over these people because this one doesn't fit our group and therefore... And the mother of James and John came to Jesus and said, Can my two boys sit on your right hand and on your left? Come on, Jesus, play favorites. 
Maybe at times we find ourselves in the same situation. Or because of how we feel about some people, they're not in my group. And if you want to be in my group, then this person can't be there. Jesus didn't want to play favorites. Neither should we. But finally, the Bible says that Jesus was going down to a city of Samaria. And the Bible says that he had his face set and his eyes set toward Jerusalem. It was time for him to go and to be sacrificed. The text says that he got there and the people would not accept him. He had sent some people ahead of him to get something ready. And they didn't want him. They were not going to accept Jesus, as the text says, because he had his face set toward Jerusalem. And here's what the disciples said, Lord. Do you want us to rain down fire from heaven and burn them up? Sometimes brethren act in a vengeful way against other brethren. And when people see that, it causes them great distress. It's a temptation from inside that should not be to watch the family of God acting in those ways. You see, Jesus' greatest temptations, at least the people that he confronted on a daily basis, I think he expected that the people in the world who didn't accept him, yeah, they're going to be a trouble. They're going to cause me difficulty. I get it. But I should not have to face these things from my friends who I've trained and taught and loved and helped. We're going to face it out there. But this needs to be a haven. This needs to be a garden of Eden. This place needs to be a hospital. This is where we're safe. This is where we can be fixed. This is where we can be whole. This is where we find family. This is where we find connection. This is us. And when things aren't right here, it just looks a whole lot worse than when they're not right out there. Let us be people who say, as for me and my house, we're going to stop the curve right here. I'm not going to be involved in vengeful, heartless, faithless temptations of other people. 
I'm going to prioritize the spiritual over the physical, and everybody's going to know it. And I don't want to cause you a problem. And you don't want to cause anybody else a problem. Because in here, we're family. And let's be family. If you're hurting physically, if you're hurting spiritually, we're here for you. Our shepherds want to talk with you. Many people here will come to your aid because that's what family does. And if you need us right now, we're here. Let's stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.